rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 6.35 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 10th of June, 2021. One more day to Friday, y'all. We almost there. If you are just tuning in, we are the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope that you guys are doing well on this Thursday. Uh, As you know, We go live at 8 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook. And yesterday was quite the day. Uh, Buenos Dias, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, did the absolute most. Yesterday, we had a great interview with a dear friend of the show, Karina Suarez Darden of Presidential Cleaning. Uh, So that was a really great episode. Check that out. It's on Spotify, YouTube, and uh, iTunes, Google Play, and your preferred podcast platform. All right, so let's do the news and then uh, get ready to go live. And in addition to that, we also have, I got to let you know, we're going live again for Aurora Museum Week. Uh, That'll be at 2 o'clock p.m. today. We'll be broadcasting live from the Aurora Regional Fire Museum. Our friends of Fox Valley United Way are having their very first Halloween Hustle 5K and One Mile Fun Walk. This is a great fundraising event, the proceeds of which will ensure financial support for our children. The date will take place on October 17th at 9 a.m. at Phillips Park. Sponsorships are available and registration is required. There is a link to register we've put in our various uh, social media platforms. Please check it out there and visit their website. Our friends at Harry Beast Dog Parlor, don't forget, July 25th, that's a Sunday. Food, cars, really cool people, and a great gathering. From noon to 5 p.m., swing by 215 West Galena Boulevard to help celebrate the three-year anniversary of a great business. And friends of ours, too, so don't forget. Also, Kane County Triad and several of our other friends and community partners are coming together for the annual Triad Picnic for Seniors. How cool is that? That'll be taking place on Tuesday, August 10th from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Phillips Park Pavilion. That's at 1000 Ray Moses Drive. The cost is $3, a whopping $3. Shouts out. Seniors can register online or in person at any Fox Valley Community Center by August 1st. To register online, use code 112-007-01. You can also register by phone with the Senior Services Associates Incorporated by calling 630-897-4035. The number again is 630-897-4035. Shout out to the Fox Valley Park District, Aurora Township, and many, many others. And last but not least, I want to let you guys know that uh, King County Animal Control is hosting their microchip and rabies rabies, vaccine clinic, and it's drive-through this year. The clinic will be held at 4060 Kesslinger Road in Geneva. One-year rabies vaccines, microchipping, Kane County residents must purchase a registration tag and no appointment is necessary. The next date will be Saturday, June 12th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And the August, September, and October dates are... As of this moment, TBD. Uh, we've posted this flyer. We will continue to post it until the day it ends. Uh, so, yeah, tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Get ready to go live with us as well. And also, we've got something special coming up. Great interviews. Things going on. Rotary Club. This, that, and the other. Kane County Triad. Treadwell Coffee. 
and maybe even a little bit of uh, the Kiwanis Club. You never know what you might see with us. And that is the news. All right. Good morning, friends. Good morning. All right. Good to see both of you today on this day. Um, for our listeners we have, and our viewers, we have the Aurora Human Rights Commission. Relations Commission. Relations Commission. That's one, Curtis. That's one right there. <laughs> and we have uh, Mr. Ryan Maley and Berta Bailey on the show. Okay. Uh, good to see you guys today. So let's start off. Let us know about your community ties. Where are you guys from? Are you both Aurorans? I am in almost 33 years. All right. Are you a West Sider or an East Sider? It matters on this show. Far <laughs> West tip. No, North, South tip. Southeast tip of Aurora. Okay. All right. Tom, that makes you a Blackhawk. Actually, let me correct that. I am in the Northeast tip of Aurora. So okay. So I actually uh, 204. 204. Yes. All right. Shout out to 204. Yeah. Yes. I'm a Wabonzi High School graduate. So. Oh, so are my kids. Woot, woot. <laughs> Mr. Malin? Uh, I have actually was born in Aurora. lived here all my life. Okay. Um, I'm a West Sider at the moment. I was born, when I was born, we were on the East Side. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Started off with Tomcat's territory. Yes. <laughs> Although I live about a mile from West Aurora High and a mile from this place. So. Okay. All right. Very cool. So we got some locals on the show. That's good. That's good to know. All right. So we're going to talk about the uh, Human Relations Commission. For those who may be unfamiliar with it, you know, let's let's start what it is as an organization. Um, how did it start and what does it do? Sure. Uh, so the Human Relations Commission is a a board or commission of the city of Aurora, we're actually a government uh, appointed set of folks who are charged with helping further understanding within our community and protecting the rights of folks within our community who may have been discriminated against. Okay. So we um, were actually founded uh, many years ago, I don't know if uh, your listeners, viewers are familiar with Marie Wilkinson? Yes. Yeah, so Marie Wilkinson is a, a huge figure in our community, important civil rights person and community organizer. She actually founded the commission. She worked with the city to start the commission in 1964. Wow. So yeah, for, for those who don't know about Marie, uh, she was pretty amazing. She's been involved with, uh, I think, 60 not-for-profits, either getting them started or, or serving on their initial boards and things like that. And she really was kind of a pioneer in our community in 1948. She actually sued an Aurora restaurant for them refusing to seat her and serve her. I'm vaguely familiar with that story. I was given the uh, I was given her memoirs by Mrs. Renner when I actually visited the food pantry. Interesting. Yeah, but keep going. Yeah, but I mean, it's really interesting if you think about. Or, you know, there's obviously in the last few years been a huge discussion about equality and equal rights. But if you think about what uh, Mrs. Wilkinson did in 1948, 1948, right? That right. was. That was the year that President Truman signed the uh, order integrating the armed services. That's, right. That was seven years, six or seven years before Brown versus Board of Education. Right. That was right. Almost 20 years, 18 years before the Civil Rights Act. So she was really a pioneer, and we're fortunate that she was in our community and she worked to start the Human Relations Commission in 1964. She served on I think for more than 30 years. Um, the commission went silent for a few years. Um, but uh, Mayor Tom Weisner uh, restarted it in 2008 with the city and the city council in 2008. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the, the the latest incarnation of the Human Relations Commission that, that I've been on. All right. 
now let's talk about when you folks both got on. Was it 2008 when you joined? Uh, it was when I joined. Okay. Perfect. And I joined, it'll be four years in October. All right, all right. So when we talk about um, human relations and uh, the community, from 1948 on, we've seen a great, you know, nationwide, things have improved. The desegregation, schools, public places, restaurants. Uh, so a lot of work has been done. Currently in 2021, in your opinions, what more work is yet to be done? Well, I think that there's always work to be done in any community. You know, it's all about growth and change and just being a better community. So um, when we moved here to Aurora in th 33 years ago almost, um, it was a very different community as we saw it. You know, it w didn't feel as inclusive as it feels now. Mm. It didn't feel as safe as it feels now. And it didn't feel quite as an exciting town, city, as it is right. now. So, um, and in my connection in the past, well, maybe 10 years, you know, being more active in our community, have I seen a big change in Aurora in mm -hmm. terms of its inclusivity, in terms of its diversity, in terms of its changes just as a whole city. Uh, however, a, a part of our mission in, uh, as a, in the Human Relations Commission is to make it a better place for everybody. And that includes all areas of our, um, you know, what we work under what our right. message is. All right. So um, are there different services within the AHRC? Well, there's really around two areas of work that we okay. do. Um, the first is the actual enforcement of the, the city's ordinance, the human rights ordinance, um, and that is what actually protects people um, who may have been discriminated against. Um, it's actually a very progressive ordinance. Mm -hmm. It's much in line with the current practices throughout the state and the country. It's very closely aligned with the Illinois Department of Human Rights Ordinance. Okay. But it is, uh, you know, protects people on the basis of gender, age, marital status, uh, veteran status, uh, familial, uh, familial status, right, whether they're married or not, their national origin, the language that they speak, their race, their color, their creed. So it's, it's very uh, progressive in that sense. Um, you know, when you talk about progress, right, in the last few years, uh, uh, LGBTQ plus rights, for instance, have made tremendous progress. Right. And part of it is, you know, things like the, the ordinance in the city that, that specifically recognizes and protects those folks from discrimination. Um, and even if you're a member of one of those classes of people, um, you know, we, we look at various things around uh, jurisdiction of the ordinance, for instance, if you uh, have been discriminated against housing, mm -hmm. uh, you weren't allowed to rent because of uh, your race, right. uh, you were denied a promotion because of your uh, gender, right? uh, you were sexually harassed, right? these are these, an area of employment, right? so these are, there's, there's really two parts to that enforcement thing, is one is um, who is protected, and we just listed some of those, right. then what are they protected in, right? in their employment, in their housing, in their access to public facilities, right, can they, can they go and be served in sure. a place where anyone else is served, right, as Mrs. Wilkinson experienced. So that's the first big thing. Um, that's the first area, this kind of enforcement area. And I would just say to your, your listeners and your readers, mm -hmm. uh, if, if you feel like you have been the victim of discrimination, we want to help. We are a local resource. 
Um, you have lots of resources, right? You have the Illinois Department of Human Rights. You have the Equal Employment uh, Opportunity Commission at the federal level. But we are a local resource, and we work to not so much punish people <laughs> as to mediate. And maybe we can talk a little bit about some examples of that sure. at some point. But, um, but our goal is to you know, promote these relations and promote understanding and protect people's rights. So that's kind of our enforcement side, mm -hmm. our investigative side. And then we also have an outreach side that we work on. Maybe okay. better at that than yeah. I am, so I could talk a little bit Outreach. Okay. Well, so um, as a commission, we did some soul searching and thinking about what is it you know, that we want to do? How are we going to get our name out? How are we going to reach those in our community? And what are we going to do to support them, educate them, and make Aurora a better place? So we as a commission uh, worked on, we decided that we would form some focus groups. And uh, one of the focus groups that Ryan and myself are um, leaders in is the LGBTQ plus focus okay. groups. So what we did initially was we, we knew that we were not the experts. We may have experience in the LGBT community, either personally or just in terms of our in involvement in the community. Right. But what we decided to do was then to get together a listening session with all of the people in, who have relationships with organizations that uh, address issues and help people in the LGBTQ plus community. So we formed this focus group and we gathered information and we gathered people to come and share with us for about an hour and a half and we had several of these meetings to talk about what are the issues, what are the gaps that exist in the LGBTQ community and in Aurora and right. how can we then support that and help um, provide services or have discussion about. So we actually had a wonderful uh, turnout for our first meeting. We have participants from Youth Outlook, Nancy Mullen, M uh, Mullen, who is the executive director. We had representatives from Guanza Valley High School, from the GSA, okay. uh, Indivisible Aurora, Gwen Celsa, who is now is now new, new uh, is a new Aurora Pride, Wabansi Community College. We had representatives from there as well. Uh, our Aurora Police Department, Lee Katavu. Uh, the LGBTQ liaison was there. PFLAG organization from DuPage, the DuPage PFLAG. We had two representatives, Gail Hansen and John Hickey, wonderful individuals, all of them. And then the City of Aurora Youth Services, Simone Rodriguez was, was also there. So He's we, a friend of the show. Good man. Right. Yeah. He's wonderful. So um, what we did is we just had a discussion. You know, each organization spoke about what they do what it is that they see the gaps are in terms of the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. And we then, Brian and I kind of sat and we talked about it and we decided that we were going to focus on certain areas of or certain of those gaps, jump in any time. Uh, and what, what we were going to do was then, um, for example, some of the gaps, just to give you a bigger picture, some of the gaps were issues in terms of coming out age that continues to be a younger age for children, and well, young kids, uh, that there are no GSAs in the middle and elementary schools. What is a GSA? GSA I apologize because we get a lot of acronyms on this show. It's a, it stands for Gay Straight Alliance. Okay. And it is an organization that exists in schools to support uh, LGBTQ youth. Okay. But I, not every school has 
has the, that. And certainly in the high school they exist, mm -hmm. but in the middle school and grade schools, um, less often. And children, kids are coming out at a younger age, so the need for a GSA to be there to support LGBTQ youth is, is greater. Right. And it speaks to your comment before, Curtis, about the idea of what is changing. Right. right. So this is kind of the, the spirit of the age is changing, right? The, the kids are right. coming out earlier, there's more acceptance, so they're able to come out earlier, but that doesn't make it necessarily any easier for them. Sure. And so that's why things like GSAs and middle schools are increasingly reasonable. True, and the family as well. So GSAs addresses and helps kids, but also supports families. In, within the school system. So it's a really important organization. So those were areas that we saw that were lacking. Also just the curriculum, inclusive curriculum, which we're going to be talking about that at our next event. Um, and so with, with all of these gaps that we talked about, Ryan and I um, narrowed it down to um, these areas that we were going to address okay. as the LGBTQ plus focus group. So we knew that um, training on how to support your child in a home environment right. is important, that there's generally a lack of, edu of an education piece for parents and students, um, and that Spanish language resources for parents, including cultural sensitive communications, were lacking. Also, uh, that in Aurora there is a need for services, resources, uh, PTA, parental involvement, etc. We wanted to address that. Um, transgender community needs support and services. So we wanted to do specific support, talk about specific support for trans kids, and also resources for parents and for trans kids. Right. Um, and just in general, promoting the community, a community for all, information for businesses, chambers of commerce on making their establishments a safe place for the LGBTQ customers and employees. So, were you going to ask a question? No, 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 keep okay. going. No. So, as an outcome, we developed a two-pronged approach to address um, these issues. One is an events prong. So, we would hold events with the Aurora Public Library as a host to address some of these issues. Right. And the other is the development of policies. Um, so, for the LGBTQ community in Aurora. Right. Did you want to say anything no, no. about that? Uh, well, Let's talk about the events first. Right. Yeah. So, events. So we began, this is pre-pandemic, we uh, were ready to roll March 18th or 17th, and then everything was shut down. So Literally, every, I think on that day, right? That yeah, was the day of the... about that yeah. day. There were daily discussions about, is yes, it going to happen? Is it you know, happen? And <laughs> it our comfort level versus, you know. So anyway, we ended up postponing, but picked up again, um, in October with right. our first event. And our first event was an LGBTQ plus 101 event. Um, and this was all done virtually with public, Aurora Public Library, which has been very supportive and very interesting. They've been doing a lot of, uh, of those type of activities virtually. They were active virtually the entire pandemic. They were. Yeah. And they actually, uh, you know, just threw themselves right in there. And we worked through doing all of this. And it always turned out to be great. You know, so they were fantastic. So our presenter for that first event was Erica Newman. She, we we provided that event in English and in Spanish. So again, addressing the issue of we know that there's a Spanish population, Latin, Latinx population that is also needs to hear about all right. of this that's happening in Aurora and know how to support 
their their community and their youth. I'm and, proud to say um, that your events were in our daily news. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They were in our daily news each time you had one. Well, so thank you. We were pretty, yep. Absolutely. So, Erica um, is a native Spanish speaker and obviously speaks English. So, she, what she did, she's a native of Chicago and she identifies as Latina queer, okay. is a poet and artist, and, worked, and works with youth violence. So, that's her job. So, what she did is that she presented a PowerPoint and spoke about her coming out experience as a woman, as a Latino, and as, uh, you know, queer in right. an environment uh, that was difficult sometimes for her. She talked about the issues facing the LGBTQ plus community. She shared, shared many, many resources. Um, and she also shared the unique cultural perspective of being Latina you know, and addressing those issues in the Latino community. Right, very key, very important. I got a couple of questions geared specifically sure. towards um, towards that. I have noticed that in the Latino community and in the African American community, um, there has always been a stigma involved mm -hmm. with uh, LGBTQ issues. Um, from yourselves, you know, the Erica Newmans of the world have, have spoken on it, have we seen, or can you guys tell us, in your opinion, you, you've helped to break that down, right? Has it been success? Yes. Trying, trying, trying. Has it been difficult in your yeah, the absolutely. work that you've done? Yeah. I mean, maybe, if I may, just to talk a little bit about um, the events. So it's June when we're recording this, right? It's yeah. Pride Month. Right. Um, and, you know, the commission, you know, Aurora was one of the, I think it's just the second city outside of Chicago to have a gay pride event. Yes. A great gay pride parade. That's right. Yes. Um, but that was not just an automatic thing. I mean, that, you know, that's uh, getting a, a parade permit is actually a legal process and goes through City Hall. And, right. And there was quite a bit of, you know, public discussion at the time about that, whether, you know, what, whether it should be allowed to happen, why shouldn't it, why should it, et cetera. And uh, I think what we saw in that was, um, folks on both sides expressing their concerns. Uh, I, I'm on the Human Relations Commission, I have a particular viewpoint, and we were involved, our chairperson, William Smith, uh, you know, gave, gave uh, the support of the commission to the event, right. because one, it's, we believe it's the right thing to do, but two, it's also protected by the ordinance. Right? Sure. Folks, you know, uh, on the basis of gender, on the basis of sex, you know, they uh, folks have an equal right to public accommodation and services, so if so, you cannot simply you know deny them an access because of that. I recall that discussion being taken place, and I recall the pushback that was associated with that at that time. I read the comments on Facebook, read the why we should not, and uh, ultimately, I was happy that it happened. Yeah, I think the discussion kind of highlighted some of the issues in the communities that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, at the risk of going out on a limb here, I would say that there, there were often uh, religious institutions that had opinions, Certainly. quite frankly, on both Certainly. sides. Yeah. Right? And I, I remember very clearly one of the people who said, well, fortunately, we as you know, the church don't have to decide whether this is right or wrong here today. Right. right? This is about what it should be permitted to happen. Right, exactly. And we don't have to make a decision. So I, but that goes to your discussion, right? So before, what is changing? Right? We've mm -hmm. even seeing what traditionally religious institutions have been, you know, opposed to certain things and, and rights 
we're talking about gay rights here at the moment. Yes, but, yep. But other rights as well. Right. Um, and, you know, that is changing. It hasn't changed completely, but it's changing. Speaking on behalf of myself in the show, I like to see that change. I do. Because uh, I know through individuals in my family, I'm a Navy veteran too, so I've, uh, I've served with, I have literally served in close quarters with folks who had to put on a uniform of not being who they were and take it off when everyone else was away from them. And they still struggled with being people of faith, but not being accepted in certain institutions. I'm glad to see that, uh, we'll call it accommodation for the point of this conversation. I'm glad to see that accommodation be made more and more for folks. My words, you know. Um, you were well, going to say something. about that too. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you were going to say, and Bertha. I think that you know, in terms of addressing the issue of change, we are we we hope that and we believe that because of the viewership that we've had with these events that we have that we have uh, you know put out there, hosted, mm-hmm. uh, that we see that there's an interest and in, and our hope is and we believe that there is change happening because of the fact that we are holding these events and putting it out in the community. You know, just even in, in businesses when you see a, a pride flag that would have never been there I, before that. When I you see know, it, I'm like, a little bit, the needle's moving. It's, yes, it's, it's, slow. yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yet if you just keep plugging away at it and you have the support, it's, it's just going to happen. I mean, you have to definitely feel that way. Right. So, and again, I forgot to mention that um, our series is called Fairness and Equality for a Better Aurora. That is our focus. We want Aurora to be fair. We want it to be uh, equitable. We want it to be for everybody and make it a better place. So that's a big, you know, our gear. Uh, this is what makes us do what we do. So, um, do you want to hear about uh, some of the other programs that we did? No, I don't <laughs> want to hear about the other programs that well, you did. Well, too bad. You're going to hear about it anyway. So, um, so that was our first program, and actually, virtually, you know, we're able to reach a really large audience. You guys are, and they're on Zoom. They are on yeah. Zoom. Oh, yeah. They're on the Aurora Public Library. Mm-hmm. Oh, I tuned in. Yeah, uh huh. They're on the webs- <laughs> Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. Yep. Live. Yep. And then on our website, the Human Relations, the Royal Human Relations right. Commission. So it's so just in the LGBTQ, which was our first one, 101, we had 202 viewerships mm-hmm. on Facebook, which is a good number. Good numbers, we good numbers. We've never had that many people <laughs> had we done it in person. Right. So um, our second event, due to the pandemic, mm-hmm. it was originally just going to be about talking about fair housing in Aurora, was became an event of fair housing and the COVID. 19 pandemic. Right. So one of our other uh, commissioners, Susan Bachmeyer, um, hosted that, um, moderated it, and we had was uh, presentations from. Um, we had Rick Guzman from the Neighborhood Project. Yes. We had Neil McNamon, McNamon from Hesed House. Okay. Uh, Ralph Jordan, who is your. Um, Housing Authority Executive Director and Colleen Baraka from the University NIU. She is a College of Law professor. Right. Um, and she holds legal clinics at um, Hesed House. Okay. So there was a lot of conversation. And those are free legal clinics, am I? Yes. Okay, that's correct, yeah. Uh, and her students are, are hold those clinics. Right. Well. That's right. right, provide services. Right, right, right. right. So it was, um, it was very informative. Obviously, there, there was a lot of conversation about um, 
different organizations and where people can tap into, and of course how cha change has happened because of the pandemic. Right. So um, they talked a lot about issues and, and how to help people, who how people can connect with them, where they can get some resources. There was a whole conversation then about um, the moratoriums and what was going to happen with that. Eviction moratorium? Yes, okay. eviction moratoriums. Yeah. Uh, rent collection questions, um, homelessness and, and shelters. Where were there shelters for people all of a sudden found themselves homeless? So there was a lot of information and really good conversation uh, related to the needs that the pandemic had uh, thrown upon many individuals right. in Aurora. Uh, so that was our second event. It actually, when um, I looked this up recently, there were 1.7 thousand Facebook views. Oh wow. Congratulations. Yes. Which, you know, speaks big to win. the need. That's big win. Speaks to the need, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, I mean there was that much of a need at least mm -hmm. of people who tuned in to find out information. Folks may not have otherwise gotten it in right. time of a so that's that's a big win. Good and things win. change over the course of the pandemic. You might not have the need when it was originally done. Yeah. You may have had it later, right? And mm -hmm. in fact those recordings are all still available. Okay. So if someone wants to, you know, to take a listen, right? Absolutely. And those issues continue. I mean, yes. it's not like the pandemic, you know, we're vaccinated and things are better. Those issues continue. So right. those resources are still absolutely very important for people to know that they exist. Um, so I have a question about education. And I think you guys mentioned uh, inclusivity and in curriculum. What does yes. that look like? What does an inclusive curriculum look like? Uh, I think we know from, and I'm certainly not the expert on education, but I would say that I think we know that many students learn better right. when they can see themselves in the learning. Of course. Right. So this is why we have Hispanic Heritage. That's why we have Black History Month, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is a way for students to understand themselves in you know, the arc of history, for instance. Right. Um, I think the same holds true in, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day learning of anything, right? So if we, you know, if we tell the story of a scientist, right, we should be telling the story of African-American scientists, mm -hmm. right, and, and Latino scientists, and, you know, not just, uh, you know, the, the canon of history of, you know, from, from 100 years ago. Sure, right. So there is that education inclusiveness. We, we would say that in, in our context, talking about LGBTQ plus that includes LGBTQ plus figures. I um, remember in my own life, just thinking back, I always, I was always able to retain information better, and engage fully when the instructor looked like me. It's not a requirement, of course. Um, the class was diverse, and the information presented was information that applied to myself. It, it's, it's, you know, kids can't just be taught the script, you know, and I think for many times it, throughout history, I think that's, this is just my speculation, perhaps that's why uh, LGBTQ rights, pride, has been such a hard hump for America to get over. You know, it's like when things aren't introduced even small, uh, people get afraid. You know, they feel that change is too fast. 
rather than have it, it you know, given in little bits and doses. Does that seem like a, you know, accurate assessment? Well, I would say that it is, and I think that part of what we are doing is doing that. Right. You know, we are providing information. We are providing. We are inviting people to talk about the LGBTQ community and what it what it is, terminology. You know, transitions. Right. What does that look like? And and to understand it and to see it. You know, to see that these are people in your community who are talking about this and that little, every little bit and every little bit of exposure that we can educate our community and make our community feel comfortable, safe, informed, right. it's, it's just a plus. Right. Okay. Um, and let's get back to the events. Okay. Okay. So, um, so our next event that we had now was addressing, which was what we were going to do in March, um, the LGBTQ business community because Nancy Mullen from Youth Outlook has been doing, along with her sidekick as she calls um, Emma Vasicki, have been doing these kind of presentations for a long time and all over Illinois and the Midwest at least where they've been talking about making your business LGBTQ friendly. So we decided that that would be a very important um, event to hold, and they did. So what, what we had was um, an hour and a half of presentation with question and answer. Okay. And they, uh, Nancy started out with a lengthy conversation about vocabulary. And Very what does it important. mean? Absolutely, yeah. because people, and as they said, it's ever-changing. It's still morphing. Vocabulary is changing, and people want to know what is a term, how to use the term, or what terms are no longer really being used. So or she, should be used. Or should be used. Yeah, did you want to jump in? So um, <clears throat> it was actually very informative, and she, at least for me, and I have personal connections to the LGBTQ community, for me it was very informative to now understand the use of certain terms that I had heard but didn't quite fully understand. Mm -hmm. So that was important for, I think, for our viewership. And uh, she tied that into, of course, um, business communities and her role as the executive director and how she deals with businesses as well. Right. Um, and then Emma spoke about um, exactly then what is it that a business owner who is interested in reaching out to the LGBT community, not only as employees, but also as consumers, as customers, and how that should look? You know, how is it that you address the issues of um, doing an interview? Or how do you promote your business as being LGBTQ plus friendly? So all of those were, those are all issues that she talked about in her presentation. I have a question. Perhaps less of a question than perhaps an observation. You know, I I would think and speculate that to make one's business LGBTQ friendly would maybe just involve not being a jerk? Is that a scientific term? That I think? <laughs> It's a low bar you've set, but I think... That's... I was going to say, at the very least, that's what it should be. But, yeah, that, but at its bar, we should be alone. Yeah, I, um, you know, I I personally, as, an, as again, as an individual, you know, I have uh, I have zero tolerance for the crude talk and things like that. You know, that, 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 that kind of, you know, guttural 
uh, ignorant phraseology and terminology, you know, I really have a zero tolerance for that. When I see and hear that kind of stuff, you know, I really try to do my very best to turn it on its head and let it know that we're not going to have it. I've uh, been responsible for the conduct of businesses and employees um, for many years, back when I was working jobs. And, uh, yeah, we're not doing that in this location. Um, and I think that leadership in a business would be putting that forward at all times. Well, my day job, I'm a management consultant uh, and a marketer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certainly what you're saying like, absolutely sounds right. You don't want to mistreat your customers. Right. You want to be as friendly as possible to the widest possible audience right. to attract them as customers. Right. And, you know, part of the... You know, uh, pride flags, etc., that you put in there are, are a way to differentiate yourself. Yes. Right? We are an LGBTQ plus friendly enterprise. Come here instead of there. Right? right. That's a way to compete. So um, I'm getting a, I'm going to start giving you a consulting lecture here. So I, can, I apologize. <laughs> but I, this but will I think be helpful <laughs> for our listeners and viewers. <laughs> but I think that's. This is where they tune in really hard now. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and I, I would make a couple other comments, right? So as, you know, as you said, right, Certainly. we should have zero tolerance for that. Right. Um, and things come out of malice and things come out of ignorance. And both of those are problematic, right? Right. And even if you don't intend to be rude, if you don't intend to be insulting, you can be. Sure. And most people are of, you know, of, of good faith, if you will, that they don't want to be that way. So that's an that's an education issue. It's not a punishment issue. It's not a well, it's a, so people who do things out of ignorance, you know, they just haven't been exposed to these things. They don't understand. This is such a helpful conversation in the day and age that we find ourselves. It really is. This is the kind of thing that people should be digesting more of and and getting exposed to. I agree, um, and I hope that that. This, what we're doing, is creating that conversation mm -hmm. and that comfort in people to, to realize and have, have those conversations and talk about this. Right. Know, it's just part of our community. And I have to say that when we, the first Pride Parade, when we were out talking to businesses mm -hmm. and bringing them into supporting and putting up their a Pride flag and all that, we were, we were very, very pleased to find the interest that was out there and some of the businesses that went above and beyond to obviously it's a business but also to to get the message of inclusivity out there and support for the lgbtq community like valley doyle valley doyle yep. gillerson's yeah um you know some of the coffee shops it was just it was just so amazing mm -hmm. and it it just showed that there was the interest, and for those businesses who didn't know or don't know how to go about doing it, this event, I think, proved to be very informative right. uh, and helped them get over or get past whatever you know barriers they may be seeing. Now, does the um, AHRC have specialized events uh, per month? So are there specifically um, events for Black History Month, events for Pacific or Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Are there events that you do for... Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. We do not. We, we haven't yet. Okay. Uh, okay. What you're describing is an aspirational goal of ours. Okay. And uh, I think, uh, as you know, Curtis, there are other organizations in the city, and you know, the, the uh, Hispanic Heritage Advisory Board, right? Yep, absolutely. The African American Heritage Advisory Board, the Indian American. 
community outreach advisory board. I don't know if I right. know right. So, so they do a lot of amazing events, right? Um, and it's our hope to help them and to work with them as best we're able to see what kind of unique value we can add. Um, but, you know, that's a work in progress. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, we are hoping in September to hold a, an event with the Aurora Hispanic um, Heritage Advisory Board. Okay. Uh, for, um, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. So we're in the process of working on that. I like it. Okay. Now, if I am a, um, if I'm a community member and I have concerns about my treatment at a place of business or establishment, what's my first step? Of reaching out to the uh, commission, how do I go about letting that letting uh, letting it be known? Well, you can actually fill out a complaint online. Okay. If you want, and that's at uh, the city's website slash HRC. So that's uh, sure it right. Uh, www.aurora-il.org/hrc. Human okay. Commission. And on that, you'll find descriptions of. You know what we've talked about, right? The, the protected uh, classes of mm -hmm. folks, the um, you know discriminate or the prohibited practices, right? And you'll be able to fill out a form in English or in Spanish, um, and you'll be able to submit a document. For instance, if you want to record something on your phone and describe it, you can attach it right to the complaint. Okay. Um, but uh, just to be, you know, just uh, as a little bit of help for us, for folks who might have to do this. Um, it's important to be as specific as you can about these practices. Okay. Right? So, um, you know, uh, something like, I went into this place and I felt discriminated against submit, right? That's not enough for us to really do anything. Sure. So if you could say, I went into this establishment at, on Tuesday at 3.30 and I believe it was a Mr. Smith mm -hmm. that I spoke to and they said quote this, right. close quote, right? That is really helpful for us, and it, and it allows us to actually uh, take action on things and, and investigate things properly. What are the penalties for uh, an establishment, um, should the investigation, if, it, if we're calling it that, should the investigation go and produce fruit? So um, there are some monetary uh, penalties associated okay. with the ordinance. Um, Honestly, in the last few years, we haven't executed any of those okay. because um, I think that there are, at least in the complaints that we've investigated, um, some of it was done out of mistakes and it was done out of lack of understanding. Right. And so our actual preferred approach, and this is Melissa Wilkinson's approach, was a mediation approach. Okay. We'd like to solve the problem rather than penalize it. Which you mentioned at the very beginning of this, mediation. Right. Yeah. So if I could just give one example without sharing too much detail, uh, we had a complaint from a a person who was visually impaired mm -hmm. and uh, they were a renter and you know they would receive notices from the landlord um, that they just couldn't read right they, they didn't understand right oh, oh my rent's late or you know I don't understand why you're shutting the water off or, you know right, right. for maintenance etc and they uh, you know the, the, the complainant the, the visually impaired person you know came to us and said you know, I, I'm not I just want to know, right? I'm not, and they, they just keep ignoring me, right? So, um, and I and you know I might have that ignoring might have been too strong a word in the from the complaint. Okay. But the point was that we went to the the landlord and in a mediation kind of way said, you know, it's reasonable for you to accommodate this person. They've made it known. Sure. Um, you know, what are you going to do about it? And they basically came back and said, hey, 
we understand this is our fault. Uh, we certainly didn't mean to do this, but we're going to take an extra step to you know make part of our process that this person gets large type nurses. Right. That for us is a great outcome. Right. And no one got evicted. No one got right. you know bankrupt. That's a win. Anything, right. Yeah. Exactly. And we have increased sensitivity on the part of someone you know who's in power to to make some change. Mm -hmm. And you know we got the person who was actually you know being slighted. We got them straightened. So that for us is a great outcome. Um, can you share with us, um, you know, without giving away any details that may be protected, like a, a success story? That's a success story. Have there been any, like, major success stories here in Aurora? Because you guys serve Kane County as well, or is it only Aurora? It's the city limits. It's the city limits. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't have any kind of landmark... Right. And then the world change kind of events. Right. Marie Wilkinson may be the 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 one, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was involved in so much, right? Um, right. I think there's there's maybe a couple of reasons why. Um, one, we don't get the number of complaints that that we know happen in the city of New York. Just be very frank. Of course. Um, we, you know, the Illinois, for instance, the Illinois Department of Human Rights. You, if you're an employer, you have to put up a poster from them, explaining your rights in every place of business. Right. But we we don't have that. So employee on a daily basis says, aha, I can go to the state and get some remedy. So they, they get more complaints about things than we do. Okay. Even though we know from working with the Department uh, of Human Rights that Aurora had, um, I'm sure I got the exact numbers here, I think in 2019 they had approximately 29 complaints for various discrimination things, mm -hmm. including employment, housing. Um, we, we aren't seeing 29 complaints a year. Right. The Aurora Human Rights Commission. So part of it is that we don't, Folks aren't aware that they have a local remedy, so we don't get the amount of volume of complaints. So yeah, to again to your to your listeners, to your audience, um, if, you know, take, by all means take advantage of the Illinois what Illinois State of Illinois offers, but also take advantage of your local resource. Okay, uh, which leads us to my next question: How can folks get in touch with the commission? Are you guys on Instagram, Facebook, social medias? We're on Facebook, okay. and we do uh, we do have a Facebook page. All right. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's a video also on how to fill out a... a I'm not sure it's posted yet, but we're working on that. Working okay. on a video? Okay. All right. All right. But, you, yeah, you, and, of course, if you go to the website, you'll see our phone number and uh, a place just to submit a comment or send an email or an actual complaint. Okay. All right. Um, you know, if you need help with videos, we can help you out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. All right. So um, can, I, can I make one more pitch? Curtis, of course you can. So, <laughs> of course you can. So as Bertha was describing, we're working, we're, we're trying to do more of these events, um, and we would love to. You know, we we don't know what we don't know, <laughs> and we know that there are lots of community members who feel there are issues that maybe haven't been brought to our attention. Um, if you think that we can help you in some way, please contact us. Send us an email. Give us a call. Send us a DM on Facebook um, and say, hey, I've got this issue. Maybe you can help. Or I've got this event. We'd love to have one of you as a speaker. We'd love to do that. For, and, and again, hear what the community needs and respond to that rather than saying, ah, you need this. Right. And uh, our listeners, fans, and community members know that they can also reach out to us at Good Morning Aurora, and we will facilitate any conversations uh, between ourselves and yourselves as well. All right. Um, so uh, now... 
Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, because I was going back to you with uh, the next event. Okay. What's on I, the calendar? I just want to quickly mention our last event, which was a transgender and non-binary panel discussion Certainly. that we had in April. Yeah. It was the panel, the, it was moderated by one of our commissioners, Penelope Torres. And uh, our guests were Isabel Peckman, who's a trans woman student at NIU. Um, you know, NIU, uh, Jameson Pagano, who is a mental health expert and helps youth in the transition and their LGBTQ transition, adolescents and families. Uh, Keith and Shelley Strand, whose son, whose Milo is identifies now as trans male, and their experience as parents in the process of transitioning, their journey, and talking a lot about, it's not just the, the, the individual who's transitioning, but the other transitions that occur, family, friends, school, you know, community. Mm -hmm. So that was very, very interesting. Um, so that was a, a, a wonderful discussion panel, uh, discussion that um, Penelope moderated and just really, really, we had, we've had over 700 views on Facebook. You know, I, I'm, these numbers, I know. The numbers, I'm, I'm liking these numbers. I'm well, liking these numbers. Well, and so numbers. are we, Good. because we really, this is new to us, but we right. know that we're reaching people, and we know that by reaching people, you change a community, right? So that, that's just, well, we were just very pleased. So upcoming, uh, we have an event on June 17th. June 17th, okay. Uh, again, in uh, conjunction with the Aurora Public Library. It's from 7 to 8. It will be a Zoom webinar only. And it is a legacy project, LGBTQ plus history and Illinois' LGBTQ plus inclusive curriculum. It will be, the presenter is Victor Salvo, who is the executive director of Chicago's Legacy Project. Okay. He's founder and executive director. So there will be discussion on the LGBTQ plus rights movement. Uh, key historical figures will be talked about. Illinois' new inclusive curriculum and we'll also have a question and answer. Um, section. So that's coming up. All right, on the 17th. Yes, 17th All right. from 7 to 8, and you can go to the Aurora Public Library um, website, Facebook, and you can also go to the Human Relations Commission. Okay. So, question uh, for uh, for both of your uh, for both of you folks, and uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. What does America need more of? Uh, you could really get me wound up, but if I put it in one word, it would be understanding. Okay. Uh, folks aren't that different from each other. We all have commonality. Um, we all should be able to recognize the humanity in each other. And you know, we should also understand the diversity if we're not. Um, because I am one thing and you are something else. Uh, doesn't really change us fundamentally, right? Right. Um, so I, you know, waxing a bit philosophical there, but I think that it, that is that is a real issue. Same question. Um, and I agree with everything that Ryan said, but as a former educator, I will say that you can achieve all that through education. So for us to bring the information to people, to educate people in different ways, uh, and is is key to helping people make those to understand 
to think about change, to begin to feel inclusive, and just look at everything they see in a different way, just from a little bit of information that makes you go, well, I hadn't really thought about that. Or, you know, maybe, you know, this, this person's just like I am in many ways, so what does it matter that this person is this and I'm this? Right. To just get past those filters and just really think about who we are as individuals and be open to some information can change your view. Um, now, before I get to our um, our very last question, um, is there anything that we forgot? Anything we left out? Well, I don't know. I think I'm very happy to be part of the Human Relations Commission, and I, I hope that Aurora knows that we exist and tunes into our events as well as our website and our Facebook page to know more about what we do. Which brings me to that. You got some vision. You got some vision. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> You've got vision. Uh, got so, have vision. You yeah. know. Um, so the the show ends on a positive note. Okay. So what is your message today to the people of Aurora? Which was... mm. Well, I think that for me, my message would be to continue to grow as a community in terms of fairness, equitability inclusiveness, understanding, and that we are all Aurorans and working together to make Aurora a better place is a better place for all of us, not just for some of us. And that our diversity makes us stronger. Right. I mean, it doesn't make us weaker, it makes us stronger. Uh, tolerance, pluralism, respect for diversity, uh, it's, it's just flat out better, right, in, in nearly everything, your personal life and your personal experience. And your business, right? Yep. It's just better for you. Uh, it's sometimes difficult to see, and sometimes difficult to have a longer-term vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but that 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 is really true. We're stronger as a diverse community that understands each other. I concur, and that is the uh, shared sentiment of this show. Very much appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your time and coming in and speaking with us. And for anyone who uh, who needs help, once again, as mentioned, you can go to Aurora, um, Aurora underscore IL dot org. dash IL. Dash IL, excuse me, dot org slash AHRC for any uh, information. Stay tuned as well on June 17th, 7 to 8 p.m. via Zoom, Aurora Public Library discussion that you guys mm -hmm. have the uh, event coming up. And on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, our visitors and, or, excuse me, our viewers and our fans, We'd like to say thank you very much to uh, for coming to speak to us. We very much appreciate it. Thank you. We hope that, we appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. We hope all of you guys out there have a blessed, positive, beautiful, and a motivated day. And we will see you back here tomorrow for another great episode. Peace.